Just so everyone is aware, I will say video cast sometimes because I actually have a YouTube channel. If you would like to check me out, it is called The Gospel Call. There you can watch my sermons and interviews with people where I ask for their thoughts on the afterlife. I go through the good person test and even talk about the wonderful plan of salvation, like how Jesus paid for all our sins. Yeah, that one. I also have a TikTok channel at The Gospel Call No Spaces and Instagram, also The Gospel Call No Spaces. So thank you very much for checking out my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gospel Call podcast. I am Samuel D. Spoonar, if you hadn't known that already. And today I will be talking about whether or not people are morally good. And again, this is apologetics for for Christians, but unbelievers, please, uh, well, people who don't believe the Bible is true or don't follow Jesus, please listen because you might learn something either about the Bible or um, maybe just in your own personal intake. It's worth listening to, I promise you. So, also, I I got my Christmas sweater on. Um, this is kind of a joke in my house that I, I'm the chicken. Um, and also, excuse my voice if it's raspy. I'm dealing with a cold, sadly. <laughs> it's that time of year. So, anyways, let's get to the apologetics. So... I think everyone knows this in kind of a general sense that not every person in the world is morally perfect, right? You ask pretty much anyone, and certainly I've done it enough, uh, you know, do you think that people are morally good in the world? And they'll say, well, no one's perfect. Okay. What do you mean by that? And then they say, well, you know, people make mistakes. Are they really mistakes? That's my question. (laughs) Because if you think about it, most of the time when we actually sin or do wrong things, it's not an accident. Mm -mm. No, I'm not talking about um, tripping over your own feet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about purposefully doing something that you know is wrong. That is not an accident. That is a sin. So pretty much everyone can attest to the people in the world not being morally good and whatnot um it it's pretty basic to understand that you know most people get that however in comparison to god's standard because that's the thing is that most of the time people will um they'll say they themselves are morally good which is kind of contradictory because they say no one's perfect and yet they're saying they themselves are good Anyways, regardless, uh, God's law is not what we usually compare ourselves to. We usually compare ourselves and other people to society's standard of goodness. So in other words, well, you're not Hitler. You don't rape or kill people. You're cool. Um, that is not okay. (laughs) In God's eyes, lying lips are an abomination. A prideful heart is an abomination. Uh, A child who is rebellious or anyone who is rebellious is the same as witchcraft, uh, which in recent times has become more accepted. But regardless, it's all these things are absolutely disgusting in God's eyes. If you can understand me, God's standard is so much higher than ours to where we all will always fall short. It's a perfect law. In other words, you have to be morally perfect 
to actually be considered someone who upholds that law to be good of that law, but no one's perfect, right? That's kind of what we talked about is like, no, nobody's perfect. It's actually really well explained in this analogy. I love this. I, I forget who came up with this or if I did, but it's kind of like a mirror when you look at it, but there's one, one small crack in it, um, say at one of the corners, it's no longer considered a perfect mirror anymore. So even when you've broke, uh, even even the way we say it, right? We don't say, well, part of the mirror is broken. No, we say the whole mirror is broken. It's the same with sinning. We don't say, well, um, you know, I broke one of the commandments. Actually, people do say that. I broke one of the commandments. That's fine. I got nine others to go by. I mean, I'm doing pretty well so far. But in God's eyes, you break one commandment you break all of them. But even an argument that someone might bring up is like, well, I, I didn't I don't really read the Bible. So like, uh, how do I know what I'm doing is wrong? Well, first of all, ignorance of the law. In other words, no, no knowledge of sin is no excuse because it, because of this very fact, you have the law written on your hearts via your conscience. And that's another thing. Everyone will attest to having a conscience, right? Pretty much everyone attests to that. So then that just further proves the fact that and uh, enforces the fact that they themselves are not morally good. And that's usually why most people will say that they're morally good because their conscience convicts them. Their conscience convicts them and they try to avoid any kind of of judging, you know, they'll say, well, you shouldn't be judging me. Um, first of all, it's okay to judge people, but I try to stay away from it because I don't want people to say that of me. You get what I'm saying? Jesus never said you shouldn't judge. Jesus just said that there are certain requirements in it. And also you shouldn't be a hypocrite about it, right? If I have that exact same problem as you do, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be the one telling you you shouldn't be doing that because I myself should not be doing that. Um, it it kind of goes both ways, you know. Um, but if I'm not the person who has committed that sin, then I'm allowed to tell you that's wrong. So it's like the fact that I can tell people, you need to trust in Christ and repent of your sins. I have done that. So uh, technically that is judging. <laughs> I'm getting on them. You get what I'm saying? But th that's the thing. I'm not being a hypocrite in that area because I have done that. So you can still say it and be a hypocrite about it if you get what I'm saying. But back to my original point, there, there's a conscience written on our hearts. So, and what's, what's really funny about it, if you, uh, I had saw Ray Comfort actually ask someone this, like, why is it the 10 commandments line up with our conscience? Or why is it our conscience lines up with the 10 commandments? Like, why, why is that? I mean, if you really think about it, you know, you shouldn't lie. You know that lying is wrong. You shouldn't steal. Uh, you know that stealing is wrong. You know that blaspheming is wrong. Um, you know, you get on people for saying it and they'll actually feel convicted about it. And then you get on someone for lusting or for fornication, um, coveting, coveting something, uh, say creating your own version of God. I've had people uh, swallow their throat 
in front of me when there's a, creating their own version of God and and having another God before them as well, you know, having something in place of him, um, not obeying their parents. That That's one that's really common. And I'm trying to think of the last. Oh, and the Sabbath day, that one too. That one is a little bit more uncommon because even we as Christians tend to kind of fail at that. I think it's just, um, at least nowadays as, a Christ, as Christians, um, the most important thing about that law is that First of all, we need to honor Sunday because it's a it's it's God's day. It's about him and serving him and praising him, putting him first. I don't think you should really do servile work. In other words, work that um, causes you a great that causes you great exertion. It's really difficult or you're getting paid for it. You know, something you don't really want to do, but just something you have to do. It's kind of staying away from that, staying away from the things that you don't have to. Now serving the Lord, I think is different because I do that all the time, right? I help run the live stream at my church and, um, but that this is a whole separate argument. Um, but the 10 commandments lines up with their conscience and, if anyone's even broken any one of these laws, they've broken every single one. It's that mirror. It's 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 broken. Uh, it's not necessarily shattered, but the Bible compares it to that. A a broken mirror, a a mirror with a crack in it, is the same as a broken mirror. It's not really usable. It's broken. So that's the thing. That's the problem with humanity. It's not that we're not perfect. It's that we are sinful naturally in the mind, in in our entirety. Jeremiah actually talks about it, and I think Paul actually quotes him in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. As it is written, mm-hmm, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. Hmm. They are all gone out of the way. They have together become unprofitable. There is none that does good. No, not one. So hold on a second. None that seek after God. Don't don't Christians do that? Isn't that, isn't it being literal? Well, first of all, no, it's not being literal. But technically, yes, it is true if it were literal. If you think about it, us as Christians, we don't seek God. God seeks us. I mean, why in the world would we ever have to go through trials? It's because we don't naturally seek God. Because we're naturally inclined to our human flesh. I mean, with the Holy Spirit inside of us, you know, technically, but that's not that's not actually us seeking God. And this is specifically talking about sinners, but you get what I'm saying. No person actually seeks out God in his full entirety. They don't seek a God who is righteous and just. Think of one person who made up their own version of God and he's just. He's righteous. He's just. He will uphold judgment no matter what. And that includes every single person on earth is going to be judged rightly. Think of one person who made up that version. Nobody Every single time they talk about their God, it's some loving version, you know. Well, my God will forgive me for my sins. I don't necessarily believe in a judging God. I'm sorry. Your beliefs don't change what really is. 
your conscience is proof that God is, well, I say judgeful, but righteous. I mean, we talked a little bit about this last time is that your conscience is proof of a judgment day. And it's the same. It's proof that God is a just God and that we are immoral. It's just a moral speedometer that God gives to us so we know what is right and what is wrong. And it's tied to the Ten Commandments, His holy law. It's engraved, engraved in our minds. It's, we can't get rid of it. There's nothing we can do to get rid of that conscience. That we can take the smoke, uh, the, we can take the batteries out of the smoke detector, but it still has gone off. And it's still technically going off. It's still detecting that smoke. That smoke is still there. It's still a problem. Eventually, you're going to have to put it in. Otherwise, your whole house is going to burn down, if you get what I'm saying. And anyone who thinks that we're not immoral doesn't doesn't compare themselves to a correct standard. That's the problem. That's why I talk about the Ten Commandments all the time in my videos is because they are comparing themselves to a completely different standard. So why should they trust in Jesus? Why? Because in their minds, they're perfect. You have to show them that they need a Savior. I realize that technically this is the Holy Spirit that does this, but God just tells us to tell them the truth. And the truth is, is that they need a Savior. So I'm going to give them every reason to trust in Christ. I just can't force them. And technically, neither can the Holy Spirit. That's that's their choice. It's their free will choice that God has given to them and blessed them with and blessed us with. Even a lot of times, Christians might even be like this, where they're just, they're, they're in the, they have this idea that they are either righteous or, and they become self-righteous or, God isn't a judging God and they're not they're not real Christians, not followers of Christ because Jesus never preached that. He never preached, oh, God is so forgiving. He said, no, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Otherwise, you will all likewise perish. He was preaching to them that there is a judgment time coming and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth because of your sin. Not my problem, not my sin. It's not my imperfection because, of course, Jesus is perfect. But in my case, I'm paid for. That's why I can tell everyone else, hey, you're no, 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 no. You should not be doing that. That is wrong. That is sinful. That's why we could judge as Christians is if if you've truly repented of sin and, and turned to Jesus Christ and you follow him and trust him, depend on him solely, then you can judge anyone practically. I mean, not. I'm not saying you should go around judging people because it's not the nicest thing to do. But I'm also saying that we should point out the law. And without the law, there is no knowledge of sin. Right, We know what we did was wrong, but we don't necessarily have a knowledge of sin itself. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans. And that's why you point out the law. And he even said how his people, he was talking about the Jews in that time. And again, this is in Romans, I believe it's chapter 2, maybe chapter 3. But he said how my people have a lack of knowledge of the law. 
And look at the Jews today. They're so depraved of God's law. They have all these traditions and they understand those, but they don't have a true understanding of God's law. Because you ask most Jews and they'll say, I don't believe in a hell, or I just think God is a very loving God and he forgives me for everything I do. No, I'm sorry. That is so not how it works. Um, But you know what? Praise God because it makes us realize how depraved we are of knowledge, of wisdom, and how great God is. His law creates this barrier between us and him. We just, we can't pass it no matter what. We can't reach this perfection. Only through a perfect person can we do that. Only through someone who is absolutely morally perfect and sacrificed himself for all of us. Oh, that was Jesus. Oh yeah, that's what that guy did. Yeah, essentially. So, um, thank you all for listening again. Sorry for my voice. It's cracking up terribly. I'm, I'm losing it. (laughs) Uh, not up here though. Um, but I, I really appreciate you listening to me, you know, just whenever you spread the gospel, please use the law, please use the law. It truly does help with conviction, even if it's just causing them to think more seriously. You know, this is apologetics. So you're just, you're convincing them in their mind that they're a sinner and they need a savior. So you can give emotional reasons all you want, but trust me, it's not going to get as far as the law. It, it breaks them. And I know because I've seen it. It's done it to me. Every time I read it, it's convicting. And I'm a Christian. Um, not perfect though. But God bless you all. And Merry Christmas. <laughs>